Welcome, guys, to Deeper Into the Dark. Where two friends descend into true crime. The paranormal. And all things strange. Hey, guys. Welcome back. It's your host, Stefan. And Christina. Listen, guys, we're on episode 41. It is mm-hmm. the new year. Are you kidding me? 2024 already. I know. I'm so freaking excited. This is going to be my year. This will definitely hopefully be my year. It's honestly, <laughs> I've seen you scrape the bottom. It's only up from here. <laughs> honestly. If it isn't, damn. I know. I need, I'm I'm need so saving. Sorry. I need saving. <laughs> You need a savings. <laughs> I need a savings, too. No, but I've even been posting stuff where I'm like, damn, this year is so much. And then um, it's like a joke. And it says, oh, my God, it's only January 3rd. <laughs> I'm like, damn. Dang, sister. Shit's been happening. No, honestly, what? The earthquakes in Japan. Mm-hmm. The aliens in Miami. Um, What else is it? It's the shit that's going in off in Palestine and Gaza. Palestinians. Um, what else is it? Uh, the dude that jumped the judge. She was on the stand. Did you see that? I didn't see that. Oh, he was getting sentenced, and she's like, he's like, I've changed. He's like, I'm, I'm a better person now. And she's like, mm, I don't see that. And she's like, she's like, I think you really need this for a peace of mind. And she's like, and I think you need to, um, have a new a scenery like face your consequences sort of and she's like so this is and he's like no fuck you bitch and he like literally <laughs> runs and jumps over the like judge podium thingamajiggy and actually tackles her into the fucking oh, wall God. <laughs> it's the funniest thing um people are making memes about it they're like whenever the mcdonald's in place says the ice cream <laughs> machine's broken he just shows him jumping over honestly the, the honestly thing. that's me or what is it? Whenever they don't give me my sauce packets for my nuggies. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. Yeah. Just. I'm gonna have to watch that later. Yeah, and then also Gypsy Rose Blanchard's out. Mm-hmm. Um. People are talking about how she replied to people talking uh, shit to her husband. They're talking mess about him and whatnot, and she's like, "Don't listen to them, honey." She's like, "You, what me and you got? It's true love, and it's for real." And I got you, and you got me. And also, like, they're just jealous because, girls, he's taking me to bed at night, and the D is fire. Oh, my God. <laughs> and people are like, she gagged them. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but uh, they even brought it up on interviews that they're doing with her on the news, and they're like, you were responding to the haters. And they're like, and specifically one. She's like, yeah, it's really funny. But um, she's like, I don't want fame. She's like, that's not what I'm here for. And she's like, I got out. She's like, I'm just trying to live my life and whatnot. And she's like, and she's like, this is what I'm doing. I mean, she's been under spotlight since she was a kid. Uh-huh. With all the fake diseases and stuff that her mom said that she had and made her do like the Make-A-Wish Foundation and all that. So I don't blame her. I would want an ordinary life too, especially with everything that happened. Honestly. But that does not mean that you go and comment back on stuff. Um, well, yeah, people were just ripping her her husband to shreds, talking about, like, he's too old for her or something like that, or how it was weird. She said, don't listen to the money. <laughs> well, we have his real love. <laughs> that D is fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, you know what? You do you, Gypsy. You do you. Live your life. Live it. <laughs> Live it big. 
Um, also joining us is two piping hot cups of hot cocoa. Because mm-hmm. it is a little chilly here in Texas. It's To you guys, you're probably like, what's cold for Texas? <laughs> and it's just chilly. And also, why not? It's hot cocoa. It sounds good. It's good. And then later we're going to have some jambalaya. Oh my god, I'm so ready for it already. Anyways, well, happy New Year's, you loves. I hope you um, have a good year. Very prosperous. Um, I hope things get easier, better, brighter, bigger. (laughs) You're so dumb. I love it. So juicy. I hope you get that fire D (laughs) (laughs) and not an an STD form. Oh my god. (laughs) Fire snatch. Fire snatch. Well, I hope that um, this year brings you the best job, or at least a job that has great money. Girl, I'm never going to find that. <laughs> great. But okay, yeah, totally. <laughs> Thanks. Something to help us with our move. <laughs> yes, we are moving in together, guys. Wish us luck. Hopefully we don't strangle each other from pissing each other off. Um, I mean, if we haven't yet, then yeah. I'm here all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Yeah. Well, I guess we're going to get started on our New Year's episode. I know you guys said I wanted to do listener stories for the New Year's, but some people aren't sending in their stories, not saying anything, but... But we're saying it. We only have, like, one or two right now, and we need mm-hmm. one. Because otherwise, it'll, it'll be, like, a short episode. I mean, I guess we could start it off with short episodes. Oh, we'll figure it out later. Anyways, Christina's going to start us off today, and I'll turn it over to Home, home Slice. Home Slice over here getting ready on channel bricka, bricka, bricka. 35 I'm just kidding <laughs> all right so uh many people go to los angeles california to explore and enjoy or follow passions it is on my bucket list but i have not gone yet you haven't been right to california yeah no <laughs> i don't want to like, go no i'm i want to go because i want to do like certain things like, like get a cali boyfriend or something or a girlfriend no like visit uh certain areas the only reason i would go honestly is to probably see the uh walk of fame okay yeah i want to i want to go what is it Grommets, chinese chinese grommets Gr- wallace and grommets or whatever what i call it that place where all mm-hmm. the stars for the hollywood celebrities Hollywood the, stars. The Walk of Fame? Is it the Walk of Fame or whatever? I don't know. It's like the plaques of the celebrities. Like, they got their own star on the Walk of... Yeah. Whatever. Gromit and... This one that they put their, like, hands and their feet? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I don't know what it's called. I think one person did their butt. Uh, um, I only want to go just so I can see Lucille Balls, Selena Quintanillas, Marilyn Monroe's... Uh, does Audrey Hepburn have one? Uh, I don't know. And um, who else would I want to see? That's about it. Well, the rest can like whatever. I've wanted to go to um, oh my god, I'm skipping on the word right now. Rikers Island? No. Oh, Rikers Island. Rikers Island. Yeah. Yes. I want to see how I want to I want I'm gonna solve that case. How the Birdman managed to escape to escape. (laughs) Escape. And then, like, Joshua's tree, I want to drive under it. But I think, I think if I'm not wrong, I was told something happened to it. I don't have to look into it. Joshua's tree? 
Yeah, is that big one that you drive under? Oh, uh, didn't it? Didn't they hack it down because it was like dangerous or some shit? I don't know. I have to look into that. And then I've always wanted to see the um, Yosemite. Yosemite Sam. <laughs> Yosemite Sam. The glacier. The the no, the, the the glazed donut. <laughs> the glazed <laughs> Those um, what are they called? The where the steam comes out of the ground. I'm like blinking right now. Geysers. Geysers. I want to see those. I like hot holes. Anyways. <laughs> That's spurt. <laughs> so I would go to like visit, but I wouldn't really go to live there. No, for but, sure. Because it's expensive as shit. But anyways, residents, however, know all too well about the Cecil Hotel, where they say all dreams come to die. And if you haven't been there yet, which we haven't, because we haven't <laughs> gone over there. <laughs> I mean. Um, that is also on my to-do list. Didn't they renovate it and rename it? I don't know. I, I'm and they l- put bars in front of it where, like, you can't peek in or, like, manage oh, to get in. Oh, I know they're working on it. <sighs> I did see that video you sent me where he, the guy's, uh, what is that thing called? The drone got stuck in there. Oh, I don't know. Oh, didn't you send me that video? No, oh. I don't think so. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> Jinx. All right, so this hotel has had at least 16 sudden or unexplained deaths in or around the hotel. And for today's episode, I wanted to focus on one of those instances where I found it was super strange. And I wanted to talk about the death and mystery around what around what happened with Elisa Lamb. Lam. So for background on Elisa, she was 21 years old at the time, and she was from Vancouver, Canada. She came to Los Angeles, California to explore the city on her own. Through her time in L.A., um, which is short for Los Angeles, I'm just going to keep saying L.A. because I don't want to say Los Angeles a thousand times, but... So through her time in L.A., she shared... Dude! (laughs) Dude! Yeah! (laughs) Um, She shared... Tubular! Tubular! Sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. to get that out. You had to. I don't blame you. I would do the same thing. So through her time in L.A. <laughs> this is ice. <laughs> For the fourth time. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, she shared her thoughts and experiences. Elisa had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and depression. And she had been prescribed several medications for her mental health issues. And according to her family, Elisa had no history of suicidal ideations or attempts. Although one report did claim she had previously gone missing for a brief period, Elisa also had a history of not consistently taking her prescribed bipolar meds on several occasions. These led to hallucinations that drove her to seek refuge under her bed. Me. Right. (laughs) I love crawling under my bed. I don't know why. (laughs) I would go under a desk or something, yeah. Um, She was even hospitalized at at least once for one of these episodes. While in, in LA, Elisa stayed at the Cecil Hotel, which we will have to definitely cover on another episode because in its own, there's a lot of history with this hotel and mm-hmm. circumstances and is this and Okay, I don't know if it is, but is this not the hotel that was American Horror Story Hotel was based off of? Um, Like, could it have been? Maybe. Like, it would make sense. Yeah, but I mean, like, um, 
a lot of things have happened in this hotel. I, I don't know about the whole, you know, built by the guy and he had a secret house there or whatever and he was killing people, but they did have the Night Stalker mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. there and allegedly killed some people while staying there and then like some other stuff. So I was like, I definitely want to do an episode on the Cecil Hotel and the history of it. I'll let you handle that one. I know, it's on my to-do list. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fire. Fire D. Fire D. <laughs> um, so on January 31st, 2013. So I don't know about you. That doesn't really seem that far from It does me, not. It's like 11 years. Bitch, that, that feels like more. four months ago in my brain. Because I'm like, huh? So Elisa's parents were in British Columbia, and they did not receive any word from their daughter. And up until that day, she had been in constant contact with them, reassuring them during her entire travel. This day was different, however. It was the day Elisa was scheduled to check out of the Cecil Hotel and continue her journey, and she's going to go to Santa Cruz. Uh-huh. Her parents didn't receive anything, and nothing like phone messages nothing so they were worried they were unable to reach her so they took immediate action and they contacted the los angeles police department or lapd to report her missing and they themselves even flew to la to aid in the search for her daughter damn so i'm sorry but like those are the parents i need like if you don't hear from me (laughs) you immediately call the police and get your ass down here honestly damn they must have really loved her yeah so the LAPD... Or, I'm sorry, they must really love her. Oh yeah, I must say, they still would love her. So the LAPD conducted an extensive search of the Cecil Hotel where Elisa had last been seen. This search, however, only included her hotel room, the hallways, and the rooftop. They even had search dogs sweeping these areas where her scent was never found. Which I thought was weird that they stated that because I was like, so her scent wasn't even in her hotel room. Honestly. But I didn't know. I think they didn't mean for it to sound like that in the article. But yeah. So in my interpretation, I think they met throughout the hallway, the rooftop, like every area but her hotel room because obviously her scent would be in her room. Mm-hmm. So they were not able to search the other rooms because they needed probable cause to do so. So that's why the other hotel rooms were not included in their search. As the days pass, with no sign of Elisa, the LAPD recognized the need for additional assistance. So on February 6th, a week after her last known sighting, they decided to draw more attention to her disappearance and reach a wider audience. They began posting flyers featuring Elisa's image in the neighborhood and online. This action brought the case to the public's attention through the media and generated interest and concern for her well-being. On February 13th, almost two weeks now, after Elisa's disappearance, the LAPD released the elevator surveillance footage from the Cecil Hotel. This was recorded on January 31st, the last time that they... Uh, that was the day she was supposed to check out and the parents hadn't heard from her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's almost about two and a half minutes of footage. Elisa was alone and displayed unusual behavior in the elevator. She pressed all the elevator buttons, looked anxiously 
like down the hallway. She kept step, like stepping out briefly mm -hmm. and looking. Like she was looking for somebody or something. Yeah, like looking for them. Or, or it appeared or, that way at least. Yeah, making sure someone was following her or something. And um, she even left all the doors open, like the elevator doors open. And even to her room too. Her, By the way, her hotel room door was open. Oh, so she just like walked out and didn't even bother closing it? Yeah. Maybe she... Oh, okay. Um, and apparently the elevator doors themselves weren't closing. I don't know if she like really hit that button hard or something, but it wasn't really closing. So when she stepped out and it was like, if you've seen the video, it's like a good few minutes that she stepped out. And I don't know about you, but that elevator would have closed. Uh-huh. Or maybe she kept hitting the stop button on the, the emergency On the stop other button. side? Or she like was hitting the open button on the other side? Maybe. I don't know. Because they don't show you in the hallway, really. I'm not sure how elevators work. Yeah. <laughs> It's a mystery to me. So, uh, when the doors fell to close, she eventually left. So she stepped back in the elevator, but the doors weren't closing to the elevator. So she just left. This video that went around of the elevator footage sparked global intrigue, leading to multiple theories, including some believed she was trying to escape from a pursuer while others considered the influence of a substance. She was high on something. Uh -huh. Given Elisa's bipolar disorder, some even theorized that she may have been experiencing one of those psychotic episodes. Because um, maybe she just didn't take her meds or something. Like, Oh, like she her. was having kind of like withdrawals or something? No, not withdrawals, just having a moment. Yeah, like she did when she was a kid when she would mm -hmm. not take her bipolar meds, she would see hallucinations and go hide. So, um, that wasn't the only thing. There was also questions that arose from the video's authenticity due to what they believed was altercations. Oh. Or alterations, sorry. Including the timestamp, apparently. They were like... It was like blurred out. You can't really see it. And I looked and it looks really weird. And usually it's like clear as fucking day. Big ass numbers. Yeah. So, and then they thought possibly there was slowed down segments, and that's why the elevator looked like it stayed open. Oh, right. And they also believe that maybe there was even potential missing footage, and that's why they left the timestamp mm. out. So she may have left the elevator and came back, and the doors were working as normal. I was like, yeah, I I could see that too. So this fueled speculations about maybe even possibly protecting someone's identity. Which that was a big one too, is maybe there was someone famous there. Uh, like a congressman or something and they have maybe to. he'd do something or I don't know. But I was just like I can see that too. And on February nineteenth of twenty thirteen, as the search for Elisa continued, guests at the Cecil Hotel began complaining about issues with their water supply. Among these complaints were reports of low water pressure, water with unusual taste, and even discoloration. Two days later, on February 21st, San uh, Santiago, Santiago Lopez, a maintenance worker at the Cecil Hotel, was tasked with inspecting the rooftop water tanks. And these 1,000-gallon like water reserve supplies mm -hmm. um, supplied like the guest rooms, the kitchen, and the coffee shop that was in the hotel. Mm -hmm. 
Upon opening one of the tanks, he made a grim discovery, and he found Elisa's lifeless body floating face up in the water. Her clothing that was similar similar to the one that she was wearing in the elevator surveillance video was found floating nearby. She was, uh, and those clothes were also coated with some like sand-like substance they thought was weird. Her wristwatch and room key were also located in the tank. Elisa's death was initially ruled as like an accidental drowning with her bipolar disorder order noted as a contributing factor. And however, a more detailed coroner's report was released in June, so like a few months later, mm-hmm. revealing further disturbing details about the condition in which her body was discovered. So Elisa's remains, they had undergone a significant decom- uh, okay, this decomposition. Is gonna, yeah, this is going to gross you out because okay. I know how you feel about this. Um, and also bloating during her time in her water tank. Her body displayed a greenish hue and uh, had visible marbling on her abdomen and skin and her skin separation. Like skin slippage? Sort yeah, of. and I know you hate that. I'm sorry. As soon as I like saw it, I was like, oh, he's going to hate this. <laughs> I deserve it after the <laughs> Jirogamo. Um, despite her body's distressing state, mm-hmm. there were no signs of physical trauma, which they believed, um, or not that they believed, this included sexual assault or suicide. So there's nothing contributing to either of those. Toxology reported traces of prescription medication consistent with the one that she that was in her possession. Mm-hmm. So she was taking her meds. And she was also taking um, ibuprofen, kind of type of non-prescription med. Oh, yeah, like table, like yeah. at the store over the counter. Yeah. While in a minimal amount, there was alcohol detected, but no trace of recreational drugs. So no marijuana, no cocaine, none of that. <laughs> so she was taking her meds because they were found in her system. So that's that made me like take out the whole hallucination part from her yes, bipolar. Yes. Unless someone messed with her meds or something, they were clearly found in her system. So. Yeah. Um, investigators and experts, however, noted the concentration of her prescription drug um, was lower. No. Than what she should have been taking, and they suggested that. Um, she was probably under medicating herself and this may have affected her bipolar disorder so I was like does that mean she was trying to maybe wean herself off maybe that would make sense I'm not too sure about that yeah but I mean I feel like any amount in your system would be helping right honestly even if it's a small amount I don't know the case of Elisa's tragic death in the Cecil Hotel is shrouded in this puzzling circumstances. From the doors to the staircases leading to the hotel's roof were secured, and apparently only staff have the codes and the keys. Any attempt to tamper with these doors would have triggered alarms. Mm-hmm. The only thing is, however, it is speculated that Elisa might have used the hotel's fire escape, 
which could have bypassed these security measures. How and her, but her scent, and they were thinking this because um, when they were, the dogs were smelling. They said that um, from her room to one of the fire escapes, they said the trail was lost. So I guess they were smelling. Oh, some sense of her. Mm-hmm. So apparently, um, the hotel's roof was easily ex- accessible via the fire escape. Mm-hmm. Um, the two of the water tank lids apparently were open, even though um, the maintenance worker said he opened them. They went back and said they were open. So then there's also speculation that someone maybe went and tried to open both of them, like stage it. It's very weird. Or the maintenance worker may have been accidentally lying or, you know, said it falsely and he didn't open it and they were already open. But he said he opened it. That's how he found her. So that's very weird. And then the question of how Elisa entered the water tank alone was also perplexed to the investigators because all four of the tanks were four by eight cylinders, they're pretty tall, and they're also propped on concrete blocks. And these lacked fixed access points. Hotel workers themselves needed a ladder to inspect the water inside. And the ladder is not found on the rooftop. They had to go get that from their maintenance room. Uh-huh. And there was no ladders up there. Addish- additionally, these tanks were equipped with heavy lids. And it would have been challenging to close from the within the tank. So if she did get in there and try closing it, it would be, un- it would be hard for her too. So someone would have to have closed them. How does it close? Is it like just like a regular hatch or is it like a slide? So I tried looking at the pictures, but I couldn't really tell because of the um, police were putting up tarp to like try to cover it and everything. Mm -hmm. But it looked like it was a slide thing. Like you would pull and slide from the top. So I was like, how would you close it from the inside? And Mm -hmm. they don't have photos on the inside showing you. Mm hmm. So, uh, the hotel maintenance worker who discovered the body, um, he noted that the lid was closed when he found her, and this, because of how it was found, they said um, she may have not self-closed it because, again, it's hard to close it. So following her death, her blog that she was doing while she was in Los Angeles, she was updating this blog. She's a little blogger. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Following her death, it continued to update and allowed posts to publish automatically. So she, her blog was still being updated even after her death. Her phone was never found with her body or in her hotel room. The source of these updates remain unclear, whether it be due to theft or her phone, like, or theft of her phone, or maybe a hacker. But I'm like, why would you want to update some random 
Horace's phone unless you're covering. Uh huh. Covering up and but making like, them still seem but, like they're disappeared. You know. Exactly. The connections between these updates and her death to this day still remain unknown. So to conclude, the most likely explanation for her death is suicide due to her bipolar disorder and her de depression. But in this case, it still remains a mystery because of the possibility of foul play was involved with Elise because there was no way she could climb into that water tank, but they're speculating that maybe she was thrown in and there was no way that she can close the tank. Mm -hmm. So they were saying someone threw her in and closed it. But before I tell you what I think, what do you think happened to Elisa? I think she was being followed. I think she was trying to get away. Maybe even another student because you said it was like a college trip or something mm -mm. what was she it? went on her own oh it was just her own okay um maybe even like she pissed somebody off or something and or maybe even like a guy that she was like trying to like i don't know not to be like gross or assume anything maybe she's trying to hook up with somebody but like it was like a bad seed kind of person and she ran from them and she's just trying to keep her distance that's why she kept checking for them and she managed to like go out on fire exit and got upstairs and then this person managed to find their way and from my understanding or the way I'm looking at it I'm actually googled and I'm looking at these pictures there's actually a stairwell on the other side of this building that leads from another floor and it looks like you can hop down onto the top of that tank Let's see hop down there's like a stairwell and it looks like you can drop down okay so you think maybe she was running and fell I think she got fucked up but how do you explain her clothes being off and thrown I think she there? got raped or there was nothing that said she was raped oh I forgot to put it back in here but the only thing was they did find some type of blood around her anus but they thought that it might have been um, also contributing from the decom uh, the decomposition. decomposition of her body um, mixed with being in the water. Maybe. That it probably but pulled. But others were speculating that maybe she was did they say there, back wait, there. Remind me if you said anything. Did they say there was any like blunt force trauma or anything to her? No. Was her neck no broken? Trauma. No trauma at all. Nope. Unless... Um, like you said, they locked her in the tank and her clothes were getting heavy. And, um... Or who knows, maybe even some fucked up thing, like they dared her to get into the tank. And, um, like she went up to the find, like, a rooftop swimming pool or something. And they're like, what are those? Oh, those are just, like, water tanks or whatever. What's in them? And then they're like, get in there! And then somebody caught them or something of the sort. And then she, they were like, oh shit! And they left her in there and then like she didn't want to say anything to get caught and like the person just closed the tank and then she's like oh shit I need to get out and then she took off her clothes because it was getting too heavy to keep swimming and eventually Maybe. she drowned she was also found face up so that's why they're thinking that she was maybe tossed in there or dropped 
Because I think even if you were struggling... Would you go face down first? I don't know. If you were... If you just you couldn't swim anymore and you're just like... Maybe. Drooping there. The hole is very small for the tanks. Yeah. Um, so I don't... It'd be hard to... Stuff a body in there. Yeah. But, I mean... Uh, another thing, people keep saying, they're like, how did she get into there? But I'm looking at this firefighter, and firefighters are built. So, and it looks like he could fit in there if he, like, really tried. Mm. Um, because I've heard this story before. And mm. I've heard, like, speculations, like a supernatural one, where people are like, she played the elevator game, and then she got chased up there and something of the sort. Like, mm, I didn't come across that one. Um, I've heard another one that's saying that, like... She was like a spy or something of the sort, I believe. I could be wrong. I'm like, I don't know. But what were you going to say? For mine? Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking, like, you know how my mind always goes to it, but I was like, what if there was a type of serial killer around at the time? Now, there was minimal alcohol involved, so I thought maybe um, there was a... She was like a type of drugged in her alcohol that didn't show up on toxicology reports um and she was like being stalked by someone that she met at the bar and mm -hmm. I know there was a coffee shop at the hotel I don't know if there was a bar but I know there's one in the facility mm -hmm. um but this is also like sketchy Los Angeles part so it's like homeless people and all that kind of shit right mm -hmm. so I was like well maybe it was someone that was homeless that was following her or something mm -hmm. um I think they didn't really want to hurt her and like accidentally pushed oh no cause there was no trauma to her body so it was just drowning mm -hmm. so I think they may have forced her in there and said like I, I don't know gunpoint or something and told her to take off her clothes or whatever I don't know but I know for a fact, even if you're gonna kill yourself, I don't think you're gonna take your clothes off and True. then drown yourself. So I, I was like, something has to, else has to be involved. And I just think it's so strange that her phone is not found and her blog is still being updated even after her death. Exactly. And that's what makes me go back to like homeless or. I find it interesting though that it's on the tank that's the farthest from the outside. Mm-hmm. Because, um, I mean, maybe she, like, did that wall crawl that we used to do when we were kids where, like, foot on each side and hand and waddled mm -hmm. your way up to the side then, like, mm -hmm. threw your leg on top or something. But I see the stairwell, and I'm like, it's kind of answering my question of how she got up there. Because, like there's a stairwell right here that leads straight up to the top of the roof next to the tanks and you can just hop down which is like not even like four feet or like five feet tops. yeah but how does she not have any trauma to her body if she jumped or was thrown in those tanks it's so weird it's like she was like pleasantly scooped into there something of the sort that's it that is weird. maybe they threw her in head first like arms and then head and let her slide into her back up side or whatever uh, yeah maybe I thought it was weird though because I saw um I mean not to show my age but I saw <laughs> the news reports on this and people were 
documenting how they were staying there and there was this one woman saying she's like yeah she's like I noticed there was like a funny smell coming from the water and there was like a discoloring and she's like and I don't want to be rude or anything she's like but the water did have kind of like a weird sweet taste to it and I was like That's disgusting. Yeah. Can you imagine though, like finding out later that, like, you just bathed or got a coffee down at the coffee shop, and you just had water, a cup of body, yeah, <laughs> floating body in your drink, or you just bathe in some lady's body yeah. decomposing, and now it's all over your body. Ugh. Um, poor parents. My goodness. I don't know. Every time I see this story, it's so grim to me in a sense that, I don't know, I can't watch it like everything else that I watch. I don't know. It's such a dark way to go, like mm -hmm. just left up there in a tank just to rot. Mind you, she went missing on the 31st. She was found until February 21st. So it's... 21 days mm -hmm. in a tank. No, thank you. Yeah. And how is it that, you know, over two weeks later, that's when the water starts being weird for the guests? I don't know how long a body takes to decompose in water, but I feel like a few I think days it's in, like depending on which tank activates after one mm, empties. Maybe. I don't know, I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong. Or because of the whole, the lid was open and then it wasn't and then it was, mm -hmm. is that maybe she was drowned in someone's bathtub mm -hmm. or something in one of the guest rooms or something. And then they Excuse waited me. and then put her body in the tank like a week later after police have left the building. Mm -hmm. Could be a possibility. Mm. But yeah. That is Poor so Lisa. sad and grim. I mean, don't get me wrong. I get it. You want to find some like supernatural cause to this story mm -hmm. or something. Because I hear that a lot. But my thing is, it is not the right person to do this for. Like your stupid children's game. Because it's an elevator game and whatnot. And supposedly you play it. You go to this one. You go to this floor. You go to this floor. You go to this floor. And then you do certain things. And you're supposed to end up in the other world. Mm. And I'm like... Ugh. I've never heard of the elevator game. Oh, well, thank you, Christina, for telling me your story. <laughs> She's like going all sexual on her hot cocoa. <laughs> Giving you the deep eyes. Alright, well, you're welcome. Now, what do you have for me? Okay. I'm excited. So, this one is going to be very interesting. And I hope you like it. So, originally, I did, as I told you before, I wanted to cover the Men in Black. Mm -hmm. But I could not, for the life of me, even get a paragraph done of that shit. Not because I don't find it interesting, but because I'm just not in the mood for it right now. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> it's my podcast too so you get what I tell you well let's do it okay so I wanted to cover something different something a little in your lane oh you coming from my game um let me go ahead and cite my sources I got my stuff from legends of America and wikipedia I know you don't like it but it's okay. whatever I'll let it go um 
It's so interesting because why does Wikipedia always have these extra little details thrown in there that other people don't know or are aware of? What's up? I dropped some water. Oh, it's fine. Are you sure? Yeah. We're moving out soon. I won't give a shit. <laughs> Just in case I want to bring that over there. I didn't mean to kick it. It's I mean, fine. not kick it. I pulled it with this blanket. It's fine. It's fine, fine by me. me. <laughs> okay. So I wanted to cover the Bender family. Okay. Now, this might sound a bit familiar to you, and it also might not. But also, this might remind you of an episode from Supernatural. I'm listening. <laughs> I knew it would pique your interest. So, my story begins in 1870. Five families of spiritualists. Now, you may ask, what is or are spiritualists specifically at this time? No, they're not these crystal-toting yoga yogi masters <laughs> that, like, shop at fucking, I don't even know, Banana Republic and whatever else you get your yoga wear and wear Kim Skims. <laughs> or nowadays, Lululemon or whatever bullshit. Exactly. Like, no, these, these are not that type. So, spiritualists often say on March 31st of 1848 is or was the beginning of their movement. On that date, Kate and Margaret Fox of Hydesville, New York, reported that they had made contact with with a spirit that was later claimed to be the spirit of a murdered peddler, whose body was found in a house. Though no record of such a person was ever found, the spirit was said to have communicated through rapping noises, or audible to onlookers, kind of like taps, knocks, and other audible noises and sounds. The evidence of the senses appealed to practical-minded Americans, and the Fox sisters became a sensation. As the first celebrity mediums, the sisters quickly became famous for their public seances in New York. Now, I have my opinions on the Fox sisters, just like everyone else in the mediumship world does. But that's for a story for another time. But basically, once they did this movement and they started getting big, people are like, ooh, I believe in the afterlife. Ooh, I believe in ghosts and all this other stuff. Is this like that uh, couple that when they hold hands... Yeah, the Sam and Colby shit? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's like that. Well, um, let's just say it's kind of like like a new branch away from just like basic religion of... Catholics and Christians and Puritans that came here and believed in demons and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, they believe that there's an afterlife and there's other things that they could implement into these certain things. So, they're definitely, I wouldn't say hardcore religious, but they do believe in certain things, like there's an afterlife and stuff like that. Well, these spiritualists settled in western Labette County. About seven miles northeast of where Cherryville would be plattered a year later. Um, by the way, this is in 1870, when these five families moved out there. One of these families was the Benders, composed of John Bender Sr., his wife Almira, son John Jr., and daughter Kate. A cult-like group, the families choose from several available claims and begin to make their homes. John Bender Sr. chose a 160-acre section on the western slopes of the mounds that continue to bear their name today. 
The property was located directly on the Osage Mission Independence Trail from Independence to Fort Scott. Now, um, his son chose a narrow piece of land just north of his father's. However, he never lived on or claimed, like he never lived on it or like what he claimed to it. He never did anything to it. It's just, this is my land, but I'm gonna go stay on yours. <laughs> so, the family soon built a small one-room framed cabin, a barn, and a corral, and a dug, and oh, and dug a well, and a dug a well, and dug a well. <laughs> Inside the wooden cabin, the area was partitioned with a large canvas, creating living quarters in the back and a small inn and store in the front. Um, it was separated by like when they were moving. You know, the little canvas tarp that's over a wagon. That's what they used to make, like, their thing. I guess they ran out of wood. <laughs> a sign was hung above the front door that advertised groceries. A crudely drawn, misspelled sign at that. It was spelled G-R-O-C-R-Y. Grocery. <laughs> indicated, and this actually indicated that the familiar, familiarity with English wasn't quite that fluent <laughs> or great. To the many travelers along the Osage Trail or Osage, I'm gonna say Osage. The little store carried a few supplies such as powder, shot, groceries, liquor, and tobacco. tobacco. Sold meals and provided a safe overnight resting place to the stranger along the road. <laughs> Keeping mostly to themselves, the benders appeared to simply be struggling homesteaders who worked hard to earn their living like the other area pioneers. Immigrating from Germany, John Bender Sr. was 60 years old when he arrived in the area. His wife was about 55. Now, standing over six feet tall, John was a giant man. And because of his piercing black set eyes under huge bushy brows, earned him the nickname of Old Beetlebrow John. His ruddy face, mostly covered by a heavy beard, sullen expression, and long hair often led him to being described as a wild and wooly looking man. Now, John and his raw-boned wife spoke with such guttural German accents that few could understand. Miss Bender. She was a heavyset woman, was so unfriendly, and had such a sinister stare and eyes that her neighbors began to call her a she-devil. <laughs> they said the bitch was busted. <laughs> that she-devil. To add to her fierce look, Ma Bender had claimed to be a medium who could speak with the dead and boiled herbs and roots that she declared could be used to cast charms or wicked spells. Her husband and son were said to have feared her as she ran the household with an iron hand. She said, listen, motherfuckers, you gonna eat my pussy. No. <laughs> my way or no way. You gonna drink these herbs whether they kill you or not. <laughs> I gotta test it on you first. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Try to sample. It's a new thing I'm gonna call hot sauce. Um, John Bender Jr. was a tall, slender man of about 25. He was handsome, had auburn hair, and a moustache. I'm assuming he twiddled it like you like to do. Um, yeah, definitely in my past life I had a handlebar moustache that I twiddled. <laughs> now, speaking English fluently with a German accent, he was said to have been social, but he was prone to laughing aimlessly. Now, when I hear this, it kind of gives me sort of like the Joker, Joaquin Phoenix Joker, how mm. he randomly busts out into laughter. That's what I kept getting when reading this, but I could have been, or he just started laughing after every sentence, who knows. 
to kind of like play it off a joke. But in doing so, this led many to think of him as simply as a half-wit. Like, kind of like, oh, he's just an asshole. <laughs> like, oh, he doesn't take anything seriously. Um, now, their daughter Kate was the friendliest of the bunch. Speaking good English... Clearly, I can't. <laughs> Unlike you. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike some of us, she spoke good English. Damn! <laughs> it's the hot cocoa, my bad. Hold on. <laughs> Drink some water, bitch. The hell? <laughs> Starting to sound like me. <sighs> Daughter Kate was the friendliest of the bunch, speaking good English with just a slight accent and bore cultivated social skills. She was a beautiful girl at about 23. She was quick to laugh and talk to strangers. She and her brother John often attended Sunday school near Harmony Grove and were readily accepted in the community. They were like the kids that were like, mm -hmm. you know what, they're chill. Their parents are assholes, but they're chill. Kate was a self-proclaimed healer and psychic. She said, I'm a multitasker. <laughs> she gave lectures on spiritualism and conducted seances. She also claimed to possess psychic powers, including communicating with the dead. She soon found the lecture circuit profitable by distributing circular, circulars that proclaimed her skills, including supernatural powers and the ability to cure illnesses and infirmities. She's like, listen, I got these powers and I can heal you too. Period. <laughs> um, the petite auburn-haired beauty desired notoriety and often ad advocated free love and justification for murder in her lectures. She's like, listen, we can do anything. She's like, you can fuck me and I can kill you too. That's a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Along with her desire for fame, she also craved wealth and position. Though her beauty and social skills gained popularity with the locals, her actions began to cause them to say she was satanic. They're like, she's a bit much and her whole ordeal is giving scary. It's giving witchcraft, and we know what we do with witches. Yeah, so you better back it up, Clarice. Or Kate. <laughs> now, when the Benders opened their store and inn in 1871, many travelers would stop for a meal or supplies. However, some of those men who frequently carried large sums of cash intending to settle, buy stock, or purchase a claim started to go missing. When friends and family began to look for them, they could trace them as far as the Big Hill County, country of Southeast Kansas before finding no trace of the lost travelers. They just up and disappeared. Mm -hmm. These first few missing travelers did not raise an overall alarm in the area, as it was not uncommon for men to continue their journey westward during those days. However, as more time passed, the disappearances became more frequent. And by the spring of 1873, the region had become strife with rumors and travelers began to start avoiding the trail altogether. When neighboring communities starting, started to make uh, slanderous insinuations, the Osage Township called a meeting held at the Harmony Grove Schoolhouse in March to see what, if anything, could be done. At about 75 people that had attended the gathering, including the Bender men, the discussion began regarding the 10 people who were reported missing, including a well-known independence physician named Dr. William H. York. With the full realization that there was a major problem in their township, the Bender group decided to search, or hold on, not the Bender group, 
the group of people, 75 people, decided to search every farmstead between Big Hill Creek and Drum Creek. The benders remained silent. When most of the attendees volunteered to have their premises searched, the benders did not. A few days later, Billy Toll, a neighbor of the benders, noticed that the benders inn was abandoned and their farm animals were unfed and the farm was just unkept. Toll reported the news to Leroy F. Dick, the township trustee, and a search party was soon formed, which included Dr. York's brother, the man that went mm-hmm. missing. Um, Colonel A.M. A. York of Fort Scott. He's the brother. When the man arrived at the property, they found the cabin empty of food, clothing, and personal possessions. A terrible smell inside the abandoned inn also met them. And a door nailed shut was discovered on the cabin floor. Prying it open, the men found a six-foot-deep hole filled with clotted blood giving off a terrible odor. Hmm. However, there were no bodies in the hole. Eventually, the men physically moved the entire cabin to the side and began to search beneath, but no bodies were found. Continuing, they began to dig around the cabin, especially in an area the benders had utilized as a vegetable garden and orchard. At the site of a freshly stirred depression in the earth, they found the first body, buried head downward with its feet scarcely covered. The corpse was that of Dr. William H. York. Oh, he found his brother. His skull had been bludgeoned and his throat was cut from ear to ear. The digging continued the next day. Nine other bodies and numerous dismembered body parts were found, including a woman and a little girl. The burial site was christened Hell's Half Acre, and another brother of Dr. York, a lawyer and state senator residing in Independence, offered a $1,000 reward for information leading to the Benders family's arrest. On May 17th, Governor... Thomas Osborne added to the amount by offering $2,000 reward for the apprehension of all four. Word of the gruesome murder spread fast and thousands of people began flocking to the site, including news reporters from as far away as New York and Chicago, all the way up to Kansas. They're like, ooh, this is hot. The Bender's cabin was ripped apart by gruesome souvenir hunters. Everything was taken right down to the bloody bricks that lined the cellar. Nothing was left. Bit by bit, the story of the Benders was pieced together, however. The Benders were not what what they had appeared to be. They weren't even a true family. The only ones related were Ma and Kate Bender. When the visitors stopped for a meal, they were seated at a table with their backs to the large canvas which was from their wagon, from when they were moving, which separated the inn. Then, Kate would begin to charm the men with her social skills, or flirting with them, or even revealing her psychic gifts. As the men gave their full attention to the alluring Kate, Pa and John Bender, hiding behind the canvas, would strike the unsuspecting traveler in the skull with a hammer. Ma Bender and Kate would rifle the body for money, pushing him through the trap door in the hole below the cabin, where Kate would slit his throat. The body would then be buried in the garden behind the house at night. Their downfall was the murder of a father and daughter last named Launcher and Dr. William York, 
who had come looking for the missing pair. In the winter of 1872, Mr. Launcher and his daughter took it upon themselves to look for the launchers. Stopping at the homestead along the trail to ask questions, though he reached Fort Scott unscathed and started to return to Independence on March 8th, he never reached home. Dr. York had two brothers, one living in Fort Scott and the other in Independence. Both knew of his travel plans, and when he failed to return home, an all-out search began for the missing doctor. Colonel A.M. York, leading a contingency of some 50 men, began questioning every traveler along the trail and stopping at the area homesteads. One of those places was the Bender Inn. The Benders tried to help by admitting that Dr. York had stopped at their place, but convinced the search party that he had left and was probably waylaid by Indians. Even with her clairvoyant abilities, Kate attempted to search for the missing doctor to throw any suspicion off herself. After Colonel York's visit and the meeting of the Harmony Grove Schoolhouse, the Bender family fled. Only a few days later, the homestead was found abandoned, and the search party began to discover the grisly remains of the bodies. The diggers were astounded to find what would become known as one of America's first mass murder, murder burial grounds, as body after body was uncovered. Ten bodies were found in the Bender's apple orchard, including Dr. York and the people he had been searching for, Mr. Launcher and his daughter. Just seven or eight years old was the little girl. More gruesomely, more gruesomely though, the little girl's body was found to have had multiple injuries. None of them, however, would have caused death, and it was speculated that the poor lass may have been buried alive. Of the discovery of her remains, the Kansas City Times reported, and this is a quote, The little girl was probably eight years of age and had long, sunny hair and some traces of beauty on the countenance that was not yet entirely disfigured by decay. One arm was broken, the breastbone had been driven in, the right knee had been wrenched from its socket, and the leg doubled up under her body. Nothing like this sickening series of crimes had ever been recorded in the whole history of the count of the country. Other bodies found in the garden were those of Henry Mackenzie's mutilated remains, three men named Ben Brown, W.F. McCrotty, and John Geary, as well as an unidentified male and female. Johnny Boyle's body was found in the well. Dismembered parts of several other victims were also discovered but could never be identified. Four other people with crushed skulls and slit throats were also found outside the property in Drum Creek and on the surrounding prairie as well. For all those deaths, the benders gained only about $4,600, two teams of horses and wagons, and a pony and a saddle. Now, in that time, I don't know how much that would be, but it does not sound like much. <laughs> Maybe like 200000 approximately? Because some of the travelers carried nothing of value, it was widely speculated that the benders killed simply for the bloody thrill of it. As word of the gruesome murder spread, more and more travelers came forward to tell their own stories of a narrow escape, including one gentleman named William Pickering. When he was refused, when he refused to sit with his back to the canvas because of, its because of its disgusting stains, a Catholic priest said he fled when he saw one of the Bender men concealing a large hammer. After following a fresh trail of wagon tracks, a search party found that the Benders had gone to town of a nearby, at the nearby town named Thayer some 12 miles to the north. They purchased tickets to Humboldt on the northbound Leavenworth, Lawrence, and Galveston train. Several days later, the Bender's team and wagon 
were found a short distance away and the horses have, were nearly starved to death. Upon further investigation, Captain James B. Ranson, the train's conductor, said that John Jr. and Kate disembarked at Chanute and took the Missouri, Kansas, and Texas Railroad train south to the Red River Country near Denison, Texas, which was then the terminus of the railroad allegedly. The Paris then fled to a tough outlaw colony along the border of Texas and New Mexico. So, they took several trips. Meanwhile, Ma and Pa Bender continued to the train north to Kansas City, where it was believed they transferred to a train headed to St. Louis. Attempts to capture the bloodthirsty family were immediately made by both law officers and vigilantes alike. Unfortunately, no one was ev had ever collected the award that was offered, and rumors of several parties who had captured and killed the Benders began to fly. One vigilante group claimed to have shot down the men and Ma Bender and burned Kate alive as the witch they believed her to be. Another group claimed that they had caught the Benders while escaping to the south and lynched them before throwing their bodies into the Verdigris River. Yet another group claimed to have killed the Benders during a gunfight and buried their bodies on the prairie. However, none of these tales were confirmed nor were bodies found, so most thought the Benders had managed to escape. For years, sightings of Ma Bender and Kate were reported, and in 1889, two women were extradited from Michigan on the charge. The pair were jailed, but the case had been dropped for lack of evidence. Of the family, Pa Bender was found to have been a man named John Flickinger from Germany or Holland. Though he allegedly committed suicide in 1884 in Lake Michigan, others, others believed that Ma and Kate murdered him because he had fled Cherryville with all the cash and valuables that they had taken from their victims. Ma Bender was born Almira Meek in the Adirondacks and married as a teenager to a man named George Griffith. After bearing him a dozen children, including Kate, Miss Griffith suddenly died. Some said of a bad or Mr. Griffith died suddenly uh, some said of a bad place on his head resembling a dent that might be made with a hammer afterwards she reportedly remarried several times killing those husbands and three of her children so they could not testify against her John Jr. was found to have been a man named John Gebert his habit of laughing aimlessly led to him being described as a half-wit Though, many afterwards believed this was simply a ruse to disguise his clever nature. Though, most were led to believe that John and Kate were sister and brother, others said that they sometimes passed as man and wife. The two were known to have had a relationship, and further tales abounded that when Kate became pregnant, they would bash in the baby's head once it was born. After the Bender's escape, one detective who had closely followed all the leads said that he had traced Gebert to the outlaw country along the Texas to Mexico border where he had found that the criminal had died of apoplexy. Kate was the fifth child of Malbender and was born Eliza Griffith. Eventually she married and went by the name of Sarah Elise Davis. Allegedly while working at the Bender Inn, she earned her keep as a prostitute, adding an additional amount of to the traveler's bill for the privilege of lying with her in the end. In the end, it was Kate who was blamed for the numerous bloody murders, that even at her young age was inspiration for the crimes. Though the tales of what happened to the Benders can only be speculated as to their accuracy, 
The fact that 10 bodies were found on the property, if not disputed, other corpses found in the area and the many, many mysterious disappearances of other lonely travelers led the locals to believe that the vendors killed more than 20 people. Damn. Now, when I say this is similar to a supernatural episode, do you remember the episode uh, where Sam gets captured by a family and they're like in an auto junkyard? And Dean has to rescue him, and there's that little girl that, like, mm, mm-hmm, that's, like, mm-hmm. torturing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can see that now. And the whole the family's, like, are a bunch of killers and whatnot. Well, not only that, but I was also thinking about that one episode that gets me a lot is that Scarecrow episode, where the whole town, though, like, whenever um, a couple goes to the orchard or whatever it was. Uh-huh. Um, they would, like, their car mysteriously would break down. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And then they would get, like, all this, like, everybody would be loving on them, tending to them. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden they go missing Mm -hmm. because they were used as sacrifice to Um, the scarecrow. Scarecrow, so their orchids. It was, like, something to do with, um, something... Greekish, I forgot. It was like some some kind of god, some deity that they brought yeah. from over there. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking at first, cause especially <laughs> after you talked about how the bodies were buried in the uh, orchard. orchard. That makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but it's an episode on Supernatural called The Benders. Okay. So it's kind of like on the nose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Now. What happened to the benders? The property of the benders, or what of the property today that you may see, is let's just say this the sensational tales and rumors of the benders continued well into the 20th century. Mm-hmm. But what happened to them remains one of the greatest unsolved mysteries of the Old West. If the terrible story of the bender murders was not legend enough, another tale began circulating regarding the property upon which the benders had once lived. The old Bender property was haunted, and the rumors of the locals began to fly. A decade after the gruesome killings, nothing was left of the cabin and outbuildings on the property. Property. The only thing remaining was an empty hole that had once been the cellar. From these depths, allegedly, came the souls of those murdered on the site, wondering about the property and making moaning sounds that passerbys could hear. Those most often reporting glowing apparitions and the property were those who came to the site in search of some long-lost souvenir of the grisly murders. Quickly, the scavengers were frightened away by the dead souls to spread their ghostly tales. As the haunting legend continued, people began to say that Kate Bender had returned to the property, doomed to roam the very land where she had committed so many atrocities. Whether the stuff of folklore or fact, many believe that the trapped souls of the century-old ghosts continue to lurk at the site today. Well, so provocative was the Bender family tale that a Bender museum was created in Cherryville in 1961. In honor of the Kansas statewide centennial celebration, an exact replica of the Bender cabin that housed antiques and household items was built. Its first three days of opening attracted more than 2,000 visitors. In 1967, three of the Bender hammers were gifted to, to the museum by the Dick family. The museum remained a popular tourist destination until it closed in 1978 when a fire station was built in its place. Though many wanted to relocate the building, it had become a controversy in Cherryville, 
with locals objecting to the town being known for the Bender's atrocities. In the end, the artifacts included, including the hammer, photos, newspapers, newspaper clippings, were placed in Cherryvale Museum and can still be seen today at 215 East 4th Street. In addition to the museum, Southeast Kansas may be the only place where a state historical marker celebrates mass murder. Yeah. While not on the old Bender property, the marker sits on the high prairie about a mile northwest of the Bender Mounds at the U.S. 400 and U.S. 169 interchange at the Montgomery County Rest Area, north of Cherryville. In 2020, the land that the Bender home was on was purchased by a man named Bob Miller of Independence, um, Kansas, who announced he would attempt to unravel some of the mysteries surrounding the Benders. He plans... Uh, his plans are put into works to pinpoint the location of the home on the property with an archaeological dig slated for May of 2024. Okay, so we should be getting an update? Maybe. I hope so. It's <laughs> so interesting. Um, so yeah, that was the Bender family. God dang. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for that. That was... Uh, I know it was I long. Never, I'm sorry. but I would have never covered that because... I didn't know anything about that. <laughs> um, I'd originally heard it on another podcast. I want to say it was Emma and Christine's, uh, and that's why we drink. But I feel like I've read stuff upon it and whatnot because it's like an interesting thing. Because I believe some of the people were knocked out and their throats were slit, and then their bodies were thrown into the cellar like immediately. So they trap yeah. them or something of the sort. Yeah. My thing is, if they could smell that when they came in, those people that were led to essentially sit in that area that smelled badly, like, how do they sit there? Well, probably all the herbs and the grocery store stuff probably overtook it. Maybe. And also, when you're tired and you're traveling on the old country road, do you really care as long as you get a good night's rest and a meal? I guess so. I just feel so bad for the... Little girl. Mm-hmm. I know. That's fucking ridiculous. Her knee was pulled out of her socket. Her breastbone was broken in. And her leg was double folded under her. That's fucking crazy. Ridiculous. And they think she was buried alive, too. And these are, like, shallow. And you're downwards? I'm assuming she was also downwards. She was only seven or eight years old. That's fucking ridiculous. These people were fucking monsters. Which means that she watched her mom die. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm wondering I'm I'm assuming that woman was her mom. But um were I can't remember, were they with someone or were they traveling by themselves? Because I feel like it's unheard of for a woman and a child to be traveling without a man companion back then. I feel feel like maybe they were traveling with somebody else looking for someone and that's how they got maybe i could be wrong i don't think i didn't i didn't read on that part but yeah that'd be that would be weird that's very dangerous yeah you probably wouldn't go far without being like raped and murdered mm-hmm. so god dang i can't believe that mm-hmm. i'll watch that episode now <laughs> Yeah, you're going to be like, interesting. And then I'll be like, oh, man. Yeah, I remember this now. <laughs> but um, I, I hope we get an update on it. Not because, 
you know, we need to glorify serial killers and the area in which they killed. But that's, like, technically history, and people have lost their lives there. Mm-hmm. And what happened to them shouldn't be forgotten because that's how you stop stuff like this in the future. Exactly. So. It's just crazy to me how lawless the West was. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's going to be because, I mean, you're obviously re-live or posting shop on stolen land. So nobody's there to tell you yes or no. And we didn't have police officers then. We just had the army. Our lawmen Mm -hmm. that the town just came together and was like, I dubbed the (laughs) sheriff and I dubbed the deputy. (laughs) You get a nice badge. Good luck. Yeah. You don't get no formal training. Just good luck. (laughs) Just good luck. (laughs) Um, But I couldn't help but also think of like Sweetie Todd, like with the chair and the yeah, and door the... thing. That's exactly what I was thinking about, too. It was also, like, the little trap door and the mm-hmm. creepy, like, whatever the fuck was, like, they thought this out, and it was giving me Ted Bundy vibes. How he, like, but like his contraption for his car to, like, he'd lure the mm. women in, and they couldn't get out of his car. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. I'm going to be covering that one day, I promise. Just not the Zac Efron version, please. <laughs> I actually, um, I did watch it, but I had watched other documentaries before watching the Zac Efron version. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a, it justice, though. Like, they pretty much followed it to a T. Who, Zac Efron? Yeah. I heard director. that it was too leaning towards trying to humanize him. That too. That's I'm like, no, he's a fucking weird guy. He killed a nine-year-old little girl. I wish they just went a little bit more creepy. Like, I wish Zac Efron was just a little bit more creepy in that film. But also, they were trying to portray that, you know, Ted Bundy was... um, Misunderstood. And, like, like a ladies' man and... No, he was a fucking creep. There's stories of girls that were like, no, I fucking met Ted Bundy and he was a fucking weirdo. Like, imagine like Madison Montgomery or something like like that. Um, Callie girl or something like that. Seeing him and him trying his moves on her. And she'd be like, get the fuck away from me, you fucking weirdo. (laughs) Like, she'd catch on to Mm -hmm. it. She's like, no, he was creepy. He had no game. I don't know how, but maybe these girls were pitying him. But he managed, I don't know, it was fucking weird. Yeah, Ted Bundy is a fucking cockhead, not in a good way. Anyways, Can you tell I have certain feelings towards serial killers? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm going to cover him. I, he was on my list, actually, but I didn't know if I should do it, like, soon or later, because I was looking into it, and I think, I, I don't know if that's going to be one of them, but someone, someone was talking about doing a... Um, another docu-series or like remake of a serial killer because uh what what's his face was getting um that that one that they just did um oh jeffrey dahmer jeffrey dahmer was getting such good yeah so they're like oh what if we redid it was ted bundy and then um uh gacy gacy yeah john the uh john wayne gacy yeah they're like so i think they're gonna do Casey, but I don't know yet. I don't know. Just getting these pretty boys to play these serial killers. I know. And I hate when people are always like, but he's got the acting. We're like, no, shut the fuck up. 
You guys are not defending him for his acting ability. Y'all are defending him because you think he's hot. Exactly. And then y'all are making stupid little snippets and videos and shit like that, romancing them in certain scenes. It's like, y'all are fucking creeps. And not in the cool way. Yeah. Oh, I have a PSA. Goth girls, quit your shit. Goth I'm talking about these high school wannabe goth girls that are always like, oh my god, he's so dark and creepy. Oh my god, it's so funny. Like, I saw this video where this guy was talking about how this girl's like, but you don't like kids or babies and whatnot? And he's like, I mean, you know the little soft spot on their head and you just like push it in? <laughs> and she's like, creeped out and all the girls are like oh my god I thought that was so funny and he's so hot like I mean I get the joke I went on like ugh, they just don't have a dark sense of humor I'm like it wasn't funny it wasn't funny it's just him blurting something he wanted to say out like an attention seeking child yeah so no he's not hot he's not funny he's trying too hard yeah so and so PSA don't try to impress a guy on the internet for any sort of reason because he does not care about you he's just either trying to make money or he's trying to get his dick wet and you mean nothing to him so no exactly. you're not gonna get the love or get that guy to be your dark angel or your dracula or your gomez to your morticia that's not the right guy goth girls quit your shit that's also giving gypsy rose <laughs> exactly <laughs> like your 700 year old vampire yeah. that oh, shops that at walmart victor <laughs> Oh, um, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you for your story, Christina. Well, thank you for yours. Another chilling uh, coverage of you going after my game. Thanks. Sorry. Not sorry. Do better. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, I wanted I to cover try. that one because I was like, what am I thinking? And then I started watching Supernatural clips. And then I was like, oh, wait, wait. I was like, it made me think of that creepy girl in that scene where she's had the little knife and she's like creeping away after she like throws that knife and hooks uh, Dean to the wall, which gets him like caught or whatever. But, um, I was thinking about it and then I was like, wait, that reminds me of a family that also did creepy shit and killed people for the thrill of it. And like kind of also reminded, gave me like house of a thousand corpses vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, there was like a real family that did that. And I was like, and I think, and that's why we drink covered a story about it about some like chair or something of the sort like a contraption in a room where they would throw the bodies into and i was like "Ooh, what's that story so then i just literally googled family with chair contraption door hole or some shit and it literally brought up the benders <laughs> and then i googled it and i was like oh wait supernatural has an episode called the benders because that's so random of a name for Supernatural mm-hmm. and um, then put pieces together and I remembered it and I was like oh yeah I found it really interesting how souvenir hunters literally stole everything <laughs> they even took the bricks from the fucking ground like there's nothing left behind I'm surprised three hammers managed to survive mm-hmm. I mean uh, people be scounging like that I swear to god mm-hmm. like when I covered Bonnie and Clyde and um they were going and, like, cutting off Clyde's ear and shit and, and ripping off Bonnie's clothing mm-hmm. to get scraps of it. People were working ridiculous, especially back then when it came to crime scenes. Mm-hmm. Now we just want photos. <laughs> or a quick TikTok. Yeah. 
Watch <sighs> me do this TikTok dance in front of this dead body. Mm. <sighs> like, what? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, thank you again, Christina. That was a good story. I hope maybe some information comes out sooner or later about Elisa Lamb, but I feel like that's pretty much closed, right? Yeah. But I do hope uh, we get an update on what they're doing. Um, what's his name again? Oh, that guy? Yeah. Um, what was his name again? Miller? Yeah, Bob Miller. When you said that, eventually, like, when you first said that, I was like, oh, like, Miller, like, the alcohol? Like, is he going <laughs> to open up a... A brewery, brewery over that assumption? <laughs> no. I thought, I mean, it's, outside of it being real, it's a good story. Mm-hmm. And if they can find more shit and figure out, like, exactly what they were doing and why they started doing it, more power Especially to you. Especially with the technology and things that we have now, what if he comes across more bodies since there was speculation that there was at Even least more. 20? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly. They only found 10. Because, I mean, they were active for, like, two years, I believe, there? I think so. From 1870 till, I think, 1872. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's a lot of time for just 10 bodies. I don't know why I just need to yawn, but... (laughs) You're not a serial killer. (laughs) You think, I just faked it. (laughs) I just nodded and looked behind Christina (laughs) I would have fell for it but I I was like Greg wouldn't hurt me (laughs) he wouldn't winter with his little claw (laughs) that bitch will get me me. (laughs) if you looked down I would have definitely been like oh kitty (laughs) (laughs) he would just do his cute roll to throw you off he'll be my Kate (laughs) your Kate yeah then slits my throat with his nail (laughs) Uh, I know I'm joking about that, but it's not really a joke, guys. <laughs> Winter's a cat. <laughs> okay. Not only that, he, like, has a vendetta for Christina in certain moments. Like, I he's know. like, I'm going to swipe at your ass until you leave me alone. Like, today, he decided, all right, I'm going to lay behind you for a good, I don't know, hour or two. And then, as soon as I'm, like, oh, giving him love and attention, he was like, bitch, I was sitting here trying to clean myself. I'm going to bite the shit out of you. <laughs> It'll be different when we live together. Yeah, for sure. He'll be like, this is my best friend. This is my pet. Listen, you're going (laughs) to give me treats, and that's all we're going to talk about. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I hope, you know, this year brings you better luck, joy, whatever you're looking for for I hope you get that good news you've been waiting for. Yeah. And uh, for people who believe in resolutions, um get at it go at it and hope you do great yeah pop your pussy because guess what <laughs> nobody can do it like you <laughs> or, I don't know. what would you say to the guys pop your pussy because nobody can do it like you <laughs> oh guys wash your ass too anyways bye guys <laughs> love you send in your stories send in your um comments letting us know how we're doing if you want us to cover anything specific um Follow our social medias, deeperintothedark.com. That's our website, Deeper Into the Dark on Facebook. Send us a cute message. Follow us, like us, like our posts. Because, like, we're putting good shit. Trying to. <gasps> Did you see that post I recently put? They're making a Frogman frog movie. movie. Oh, I'm so ready. 
We're ready for that. I'm going to be dorking laughing on it. We should do a TikTok video of us watching it when they come out. <laughs> Gang. Look where we are. Go check out our episode. <laughs> <laughs> and to see the rest. And it's like a bootleg version of Honestly, the film. You're ready, guys. Honestly, and shit. I think that's a boob. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or is that a frogman's ass? <laughs> it's a cheek. It's a booty cheek. A booty cheek. A frog cheek. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, Love guys. You. Love you. Bye. We're going to have jambalaya. Jambalaya.